Matthew 28, thank you, Brother Jackson, and I appreciate uh, him and what he does in our ministry. Some of you thought he was just going to come up and sign tonight, didn't you? Uh, but uh, I appreciate that. And in the summertime, we have a lot of people coming and going, and so we're just going to have uh, all of our assistant pastors take turns singing the solo. And so we'll start on this side of the platform this coming week. And so um, that wasn't a joke, but uh, no, um, we have a great staff. I hope you know that. And the Lord has just added just an amazing team uh, here to our ministry. Pray for Brother Jackson. Of course, uh, uh, he's been on our staff now for a few years and brought him in. He works with our bus ministry, but also as our deaf pastor. And uh, he is continuing in his, he's, he's great in his interpreting. And at least I don't know what he's talking, saying, but uh, uh, he's pursuing his degree in sign language. I guess it's called a degree in sign language, is that correct? Uh, but recently, so this fall, he's going to be uh, taking classes uh, to get that degree. Uh, so this, he's, he's praying that this will uh, open many doors to reach the deaf uh, in the future. And so we want this to be a place where we can train those to reach the deaf. Uh, but uh, uh, he was recently uh, taking his exam to see where he would place. And uh, he was hoping that he would pass out of certain things, and uh, the lady that was interviewing him told him, says, now, I don't want you to get your hopes up. Uh, no one has ever passed out of three into four, and uh, so you're probably going to have to do sign language three, sign language four, and so uh, Brother Jackson's the first one to ever pass out of three and uh, into four, and so you pray for him, and I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in that ministry, and don't take for granted what we have here. And uh, God has given us a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity and with all of our staff and, and, and uh, what they add to our ministry and church. And so you be a part of what God is doing. There's a place for all of us to serve, and I trust that uh, we will take advantage of that. I'm going to read the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and then we're going to turn to John chapter number 4 and uh, read from John chapter number 4 and uh, see what the Lord has, us, has for us tonight as we kind of bring this all together uh, with the Great Commission. Now, I do have one other message that I keep trying to push aside, uh, but the Lord just keeps bringing it back. And so um, I don't know that I'll take another Sunday, so I may just randomly email everybody and say, hey, I'm going on live stream. I'm bringing you to number 30. And so if you can hop in there, hop in there. But uh, um, this has been a, I've enjoyed uh, this study and, and what the Lord has put together. And uh, these 29 messages, I think, have been a big help to us. And I think they'll continue to be a help to us in the future. And as you know, we're putting this into a book and so that we'll have this uh, in written form as well. And I would encourage you to go back to our, um, to our website. All these messages are on our website. Uh, they're available through our app. Uh, they're available on our YouTube channel, all kinds of things. And if you don't know what that is, just wait for the book and you can just read the book. But uh, um, the Lord has used these and I hope that he'll use this message tonight. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We know by now this is the threefold uh, com great commission, to win the loss. That's the most important thing. Uh, every man has an eternal soul. It will spend an eternity in either heaven or hell. Jesus died on the cross. He's speaking to them as a resurrected Savior. Before he ascends back into heaven, he gives this commission to win the lost. 
Go and testify. Go and be a witness that you've seen a risen Savior. That I am the Son of God. I am the Savior of man. And tell them uh, that, 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 that they must believe the gospel. And so they're to be a witness of that. They're going to teach all nations. Then they're to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Identifying, confessing their new salvation. Confessing uh, their following of the Lord Jesus Christ. Them teaching to observe. We talked about that last week. That discipleship. Observe all things that Christ commanded. Which means fulfilling the Great Commission. And if the church is faithful to do that, the world can be reached with the gospel. That doesn't mean everyone will trust Christ, because many will reject him. Many will refuse to put their faith in Christ. But we are to tell the world, and the Great Commission is how to reach the world. Jesus gave this command. We are to obey this command. Now, in John chapter number 4, our Lord is going to give some instructions as well, and we're going to see how these things tie together. And I've already told you, if you paid attention this morning and in weeks past, the message tonight is on the harvest of the Great Commission. The Great Commission works. The Great Commission is the, the plan to bring men to salvation. It is the, if you will, the church building blueprint. Uh, I want God to build His church. I want the church to grow. I want to reach more people. How are we going to do that? Uh, well, we need, uh, the way to do it is the Great Commission. It's fulfilling the Great Commission. We know that. If there was no fruit of the Great Commission, it would still be right to do because Jesus commanded it. But Jesus is not going to waste your life and waste my life in just ec religious exercise. There's a lot of people who waste their life just in religious exercise. It makes no difference for eternity. It makes no reflection on eternity. But the Great Commission, there can be and will be a harvest of the Great Commission. And so look with me in John chapter number 4. It's beginning with verse number 34. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. A side note, I, I taught this. Uh, more extensively in my, in my series, in my book, Paul's Last Words. Uh, they talk about the, the, the meat of the word and the, and the milk of the word. The meat of the word is doing the will of God. What is the will of God? Jesus says it right here in verse 34. To do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. It's the finished work of Calvary. You can be saved for 30 years. You can get into all the doctrines of the Word of God. And I'm not saying you shouldn't know it, but if you're not reaching people with the gospel, you're still a milk-drinking Christian. The meat of the Word is reaching men with the gospel. He says, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. <clears throat> Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for there are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. 
Tonight, a lot of this, we're going to bring together a lot of the different aspects of the Great Commission uh, we've already looked at. Uh, we look at the harvest of the Great Commission. Father, we come to you once again, uh, needful of you to uh, help us, to uh, instruct us, to build us. Father, I pray that we'd be reminded of some things that uh, we probably all know, but we need to be reminded of. Uh, may we keep our eyes focused on the, uh, on the Great Commission, uh, on the purpose of your church and the role that we play in it. Father, may we be reminded that this church uh, not only already does make a difference uh, for your cause around the world, but there's greater things that we can do uh, to see uh, the, the, the cause of Christ advance, to see men saved. We ask your hand of blessing on what we do this evening for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I already mentioned in Jesus' teaching his disciples the, the meet the will of God for Jesus was to reach men. This morning we talked about the motivation of the Great Commission. I gave us some things to be reminded of and to, uh, that ought to motivate us to be part of the Great Commission. But another aspect of the Great Commission for us to be reminded is why Jesus actually came. He came to reach men. He set a pattern for you and I of what we should be doing with our life. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter what talent you have or you may not have, it doesn't matter what uh, uh, shortcomings you may have, every child of God, it is the will of God for you to be involved in the Great Commission. Any Christian not involved, somehow, some way, and I've already taught us, we'll look at it again tonight, we're not all involved the same way, but every Christian ought to be involved in the Great Commission. That is the will of God. Well, I just want to get to know God more. You cannot, if you get to know God more, you can do nothing, you cannot help but have a desire to reach men. You cannot help but have a part in reaching people with the gospel. The more you get to know God, the more you have to reach people with the gospel. That is the will of God. That's the meat. That is the, I say, well, well, I'm not into this. And there's a lot of criticisms of soul winning churches. Well, well, it's just, it's just shallow. It's just all about, there's nothing. There's nothing more doctrinal than reaching people with the gospel. Uh, There's nothing, there's no greater way to serve God than to reach people with the gospel. He reminds them It is he is there to reach men. Now, this teaching, this instruction uh, comes after Jesus uh, told his disciples, I must needs go to Samaria. You probably know the story. Most of us know the story. He went to that well in Samaria, that place uh, that uh, that, that the Jews uh, looked at as as dogs and and those half-breeds, and, and they looked down on them. Jesus said, I need to go there. We know the story of the woman who came to the well, and he offered her uh, living water where she'd never thirst again. And you know the story, how he begins to talk with her, and uh, he begins to tell her, he says, go, go call thy husband and come thither. Come hither. And the woman answered, said, I have no husband. And thought, thought she was off the hook. Uh, But Jesus said, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that that saidest thou truly. But can you imagine what must have been going through this woman's mind? And we know that she, uh, the great words of verse 19, The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. No more obvious words have ever been spoken than those words right there. She 
believed on Jesus. And she was saved in spite of her sin, in spite of the life she had lived. Now we come to our text, and there's some wonderful truths that we need to be reminded of. The Lord mentions the harvest. See, Jesus came and he would have died if there was just one man who needed their soul saved. But truth of the matter is, there's more than one man who's needed their soul saved. The multitudes, every man. There's almost 8 billion, around 8 billion people on this planet, and every one of them has an eternal soul. Jesus died for every single man. Jesus died for every soul. Jesus died so that men might be saved. Friend, as a pastor, as a Christian, as someone who wants to keep focused on eternity, can I say to you that I rejoice when one man gets saved? But I'd like to see a harvest. I rejoice to see one family get saved. But I'd love to see a harvest. I, I, I rejoice when, when you hear of, of the soul winners who go out and you hear them testify, I got to see somebody saved today. That's a wonderful thing. There's somebody in Jacksonville, Florida, the greater Jacksonville area, that when they got up this morning, they were on their way to hell. Before they went to bed, they had trusted Christ as their Savior. But there's a harvest that I believe we can have. There's a harvest that I believe is available. Let me give you some thoughts about the harvest of the Great Commission. Number one, in order to have the harvest, we must change our mindset. He immediately, the Lord, and this is something you and I got to be reminded of. God sees things we can't see. God has perspective you and I don't have. Sometimes we just look at the commands. We say, well, that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to us. We're supposed to obey. But, but Jesus, and how many times in dealing with his disciples did he have to attack their mindset? Those disciples were born in, with a certain mindset. The Jew had certain prejudices. They had certain ways of thinking. This is the way it has to be. And certainly as a Christian, we have to be reminded. I say this often, and this kind of fits in this category. Don't let your patriotism get in, get in the way of your Christianity. Amen. That's a mindset I'm as patriotic as the next guy, but as a child of God, I've got to let the Lord work on my mindset. You know what that means? Does it matter their political affiliation? They need to be saved. That's the most important thing. He, he deals with their mindset, and I remind you and I tonight that if we're going to have a great harvest, let me tell you why churches are not having a harvest of souls. It is not because the gospel no longer works. The gospel still saves sinners. There's still one way to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. But our mindset as churches, our mindset as believers is what hinders us from having a harvest. Because truthfully speaking, we should not be overly critical of the disciples. If it was left to them, they never would have gone to Samaria. They never would have talked to that woman. They never would have given her the opportunity to trust Christ. Now, let's not be overcritical because we have certain mindsets that are ingrained in us as well. 
And the Lord had to deal with their mindset. And I remind us, the only thing that is keeping the Emmanuel Baptist Church from having a harvest of souls in Jacksonville, Florida, and around the world, the only thing that can stop it is a mindset. Because we're reminded that not even the gates of hell can prevail against the church. When God gave them, when Jesus gave them the Great Commission, He gave them the promise, I will go with you. It is His power that does it. Notice some things about the mindset. We see in verse number uh, 35, Say not ye, they are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. You know, He uses the harvest as an example. Well, there's a certain time period that we... We sow, and there's a certain time that we reap the harvest. He's trying to attack that mindset with the harvest is available now. And he tells them, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now, many think this is in reference to the crowds that were coming to see this one who had told the woman at the well everything about her, and she went and told everybody she knew, and word spread. They were coming to hear him teach. They were coming to see him. Many think that's what he was referring to, and he may, may have been. But the point is he was that he was making the point that you don't put it in a box. There's opportunities now. Sadly, the average church thinks the harvest takes place at Easter and Christmas. We put all of our, I almost said eggs in this basket as a reference, or Easter Sunday. We're going to put all of our energy, all of our effort. And it's just some of the training I had growing up and the influence under me. Uh, every Sunday is a harvest Sunday. You mean a lost person that comes in the middle of the summer? We shouldn't put forth the effort then that we put forth at Easter? That soul is not as worthy as somebody who happens to come on Easter Sunday. Now, I'll use Easter Sunday because there will be people more mindful of going to church, but we, we have limited ourselves. Well, it's on this day and it's on this day. We must change that mindset of there's a limitation of when God can save a sinner. When a harvest can be had. There are different mindsets. There's a mindset that if we have a, a certain political environment, it makes it easier. Well, God is not bound by that. Now, I, I like freedom. I like liberty. I believe it's something that we ought to stand for. But if you study history, if you study the Bible, the church flourished more under tyrannical rule than it did under free rule. You know what that says to you and I today? That we have a great opportunity for a great harvest. A great harvest. That's what it's all about. But we must change our mindset. Uh, and let me just help some of you this with changing that mindset. Some maybe be, may be, well, we're, we're young. We'll have time to have a part of the harvest. We have to change that mindset. Maybe there's some that say we're old. Maybe you may not use that word. But you can still have part in the harvest. 
Well, well, you know, it, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a time, there's, and, and I understand, and, and I believe this, and the book of Ecclesiastes teaches it, there's a season of everything, and I believe in the seasons of life. There are some seasons when we, can, we have more liberty, we have more freedom in our schedule, our health, the things that are, that are just going on in our world that we can do more. Then there are seasons, like every time we turn around, uh, there's something else that hinders us, we have to give our attention to. I believe in all of that. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about the mindsets that keep us from having a harvest. Another mindset that we have to stay away from is the mindset of, well, it just can't be done. The world's too far gone. The, the, our country's changed too much. Nobody else is doing it. I'll tell you this, it used to be a lot easier to reap a harvest when you had dozens of churches planting seed alongside of you. I'm not saying there is no other churches around here planting seed, because there are some. But it's not like it was decades ago when the seed was getting planted. Uh, well, it can't be done. Or it's an afterthought. Well, church is for me to get and me to receive and my family to have and Certainly, the church is going to help you. It's going to help your family. And there's nothing wrong with having that mindset of what my church is going to do for my family. But you cannot have a mindset where the meat, the will of God, is an afterthought. Well, Pastor, all this emphasis on reaching the world with the gospel, when are you going to talk about what's for us? Let's not have that mindset. Let's not, let's not get caught up into that. There is no greater work than being involved in the harvest. Notice what he says, it's white in, unto harvest. There's the multitudes who are available to hear him. I have a mindset, I have some goals. We certainly set one of them this year to double our Sunday morning attendance. See, Pastor, that seems like a big goal. Well, I've, I've already laid it out for us, is if everybody just reaches one person, not one person has to reach 500 people. We just need to reach one person. Everybody in here can do that. Well, Pastor, you, you don't know. You can do it. You've got to change that mindset. You've got to allow the power of God to do it. You've got to be willing to go. You've got to be willing to participate. There are multitudes available. I have some goals of in the future, in the next 10 years, the next 20 years, I'd like for what I was asking the Lord to do with us as a church and as we grow and as we reach more people. And there's, well, it just, it just can't be done. Hey, I'm not looking for everybody. I'm just looking for those that want to be saved. I'm looking for those that want help. And of the 1.5, 1.6 million people in the greater Jacksonville area, don't you think we can find several hundred don't you think we can find several thousand? How big is a harvest? That's a relative term. In some respects, just a handful would be a harvest. But in other respects, that harvest would be, as we've been talking about with Joseph, as they, they couldn't, they're so big of a harvest, they had to stop counting because the harvest was so great. But we have to change our mindset. The Lord attacked their mindset of it can't be done. I can't be a part of it. I can't do, do something with it. He had to attack that mindset so they could understand that the harvest is available. The harvest is ripe. 
People still will get saved if they hear the gospel. Number two, he goes on concerning the harvest, and he teaches their eternal rewards for reaping the harvest. Their eternal rewards for reaping the harvest. We talked about that some this morning. Uh, souls that are saved for eternity. They will spend, we will spend an eternity with our Lord. But there are rewards. We talked about the judgment seat of Christ this morning. Look at verse 35. Say not ye, there are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the field, for they are white already to harvest. Verse 36. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. God blesses those involved in the harvest. I'm very confident of what God is doing for our church and what God is going to do for our church. I'm very confident that the things that we have set out to do for Him are going to take place. I'm very confident that the buildings are going to get built. I'm very confident that the money is going to be raised. I'm very confident in what God in the things that I believe God is going to have us to do. And some I have yet to tell you, but I'm very confident in. Why is that? Pastor, that sounds like you have great belief in yourself that has nothing to do with me. I just know if we stay busy reaping the harvest, God pays a good salary. God gives a good wage. God provides. Do we not think God doesn't want this building so full you can't put another person in it? Do we not think that God does not want a building that, that, that seats twice this three times? Do you not think God wants that full of converts, of people who have been saved? Do you not think he, he doesn't want classrooms for children to learn that Jesus died on the cross and paid for their sins? Do you not think that God wants that? Oh, He wants that. As a matter of fact, He says there's a harvest to be reaped. The fields are white under harvest. There's never been a greater opportunity to reach people with the gospel, to build a church for His honor and glory than there is today. The field is white, and God pays a good wage. I'm confident not in my own ability, and quite frankly, not even in your ability. But I know God pays a good wage. God keeps the doors open as long as the gospel is preached. God provides what we need when we need it. Pastor, how do you think it's going to go with the city? I'm not worried about how it's going to go with the city. It'll go how God wants it to go. It may be easy. It may be hard. But either way, God's going to make it provide. It's just a matter of whether or not he wants me to have a lot of sleep or not. That's just all there is to it. But God pays a good wage. You, you, you want to take care of your health? Be involved in... Pastor, you're preaching that, that we'll have perfect health. No, I'm just saying God will give you the strength you need. Well, we, 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 need, to, we, need, to, we need to stack away all of this and we need to, we need to save for rain. I'm, I'm for all of that. I'm for being wise and all of that. But a church that's about the Great Commission, if you've got money in the bank, there's a missionary that needs to be supported. There's a bus that needs to go on a road. Uh, there's, there's, there's an activity that needs to take place in the Great Commission. You say, well, what are we going to do next, next month? God will provide. Right, right, right. We build all these buildings. What are we going to do after that? God will provide. 
Why? Because he pays a good wage. He takes care of funding those that are busy in the harvest. Oh, I wish churches could see this. I wish churches could get a hold of this and Christians can grasp this. As long as we are pursuing sinners, God's going to pay the bills. God's going to provide a way. God's going to take care of it. There are eternal rewards. He blesses us now. We're a blessed people. We've had our hardships. We've had our, our difficulties through the years. But as long as we've kept our focus, God's taking care of everything. You know, we, we, and I don't want to dwell on this too long tonight, but you know, we, there's things that we need. We need space. But I wouldn't trade our assets with any other church in town, though. You say, why are you putting focus? I'm not putting focus on that. All I'm saying is God pays a good wage. God blesses. So how do you know he's going to provide? As long as we're focused on the harvest. On the harvest, God will bless. Not only now, but we saw a little bit this morning of the rewards in eternity. God blesses. You think, and I'll not preach the whole part again this evening, but just a reminder of that judgment seat of Christ. We give account of the life that God has given us to use for Him. And to get an acknowledgement from Him. That's what gives it the value. you imagine receiving a crown from the Lord Jesus Christ? I think of acknowledgments that I've earned in my lifetime. You can think, and maybe some of you can acknowledge this, you had a, you had a, you had a coach that you greatly admired or or respected, and maybe you earned some sort of a, a reward with that. And part of it was the acknowledgement from the one who decided whether or not you played or not. You know, you didn't try and please the fan, but the coach knew. You know what I'm talking about? And there was that acknowledgement from then. Or maybe I can think of, uh, of graduating from Bible college and, and who I received my diploma from. That meant a great deal. I don't even know where that is, but the fact that it was given to me by somebody I loved and respected. Maybe it's an heirloom. To the average person, it would mean nothing. But to you, it means something because of who it came from. All of that is little compared to the Lord Jesus Christ giving us a crown. For our life, living for him, reaching souls, there's an eternal reward. Of course, we know, as I talked about this morning, we're not going to wear that strut with that crown around. Look at my crown. Oh, no, it's going to be given right back to the Lord. But there are eternal rewards for reaping the harvest. Friend, I, I know I've spent some time on that, and I don't want to stay here too long, but I think this is important for us as a church to be reminded. God pays a good wage as long as we're busy about his will. Don't, don't compare. Don't compare. I'm not, I'm not depending on millionaires to keep us going. Now, if some of y'all win the lottery, you can get right after, after you tithe, but I'm not depending on that because I know God pays a good wage. God keeps it going. God's going to provide because 
there are rewards for the harvest. Number three, the Lord continues to teach, and I want us to see our labor builds on the labor of another. As we see in verse number 36, And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. Think about that. Gathereth fruit unto life eternal. You and I get to be involved in fruit unto life eternal. Eternal life. Well, we can be involved in having fruit. You know, and, and, and you want to think, be thankful that we can all be a part of a church where that's the focus. And that there is fruit of life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap, that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and, and ye are entered into their labors. Our labor builds on the labor of another. As the pastor of this church, my labor is important. It's important for a lot of reasons. One reason is because it builds on the labor of another. Your labor as a Christian is important. It's needed today. You can go to the book of Matthew and the book of Luke and talk about the fact that the Lord teaches the disciples in those passages about the harvest, how, how the harvest is plentous, and how there's, the labors are few, meaning there's more harvest than there are those that will reap it. The labor is important. You, and that's why you and I ought to take it seriously as the pastor of this church. I know it's, it's about the Lord, but I also know that there, there's a generation that came before me. There was somebody who pastored before me for decades. I'm building on their labor. You, you teach in a Sunday school class. There was somebody who taught that before you. There was somebody who ran that bus route before you. There was somebody who, who there, was, there was maybe a grandmother somewhere who planted the seeds of the, of the gospel in the heart of a young man, a young lady, and we're going to encounter them through ministry. That is building on the labor of another. And sometimes we get discouraged because we'll plant some seed and we don't get to reap that harvest right then and there. The point that, we're, the, that I want to make this evening and something we need to be involved in is just planting of the seed. And if the Lord allows us to see that seed take place and grow and us reap it, then praise the Lord, we got to see that. But if we plant that seed, then somebody else can be involved in the reaping. And when a sinner gets saved, <coughs> God's church ought to rejoice because we all had a part in it. Amen. I'll not take the time. I've, I, I focused on this for one entire message, but that teamwork of the Great Commission. Don't underestimate the role you play on the team. Well, I'm just a water boy. I'm just the gopher. I'm just the bench warmer. Whatever you want to excuse or, or whatever, it's really a source of pride when we say things like that. No, we're part of God's church. We're part of His institution. We're part of the institution that He gave the commission. And when a soul is saved, let me tell you who wins. That person wins because their eternity is now secure, but the cause of Christ wins. Amen. 
We have a part in that. We're a part in that. We ought to rejoice in that. Our labor builds on the labor of another. Let me encourage those of you that might be in that older generation and some of the dreams I talk about and some of the plans that I talk about. And don't ever let it enter your mind. Well, I'm not going to be here to see that. And so, therefore, do I want of us know there's labor that builds on generation after generation after generation. For all I know, I may not be here to see it. But I'm going to labor like if I don't get to see it, somebody else can build on my labor and they can see it. We've gotten too short-sighted as Christians and too short-sighted when it comes to uh, the, the, the Great Commission and that great harvest. Well, if I can't be part of reaping it, then I don't want to be a part of it. We want to fast forward and we want to skip over the planting of the seed and the watering of the seed. I just wanted to be about me reaping a harvest. Friends, somebody's got to plant the seed. Somebody's got to be faithful to water the seed. And if my time passes and there is no harvest, I want somebody else to come along and their labor to build on my labor. Because truthfully, that's what our labor is doing. It's building on the labor of another. We must keep that in mind because it is not about us. It's about the Lord. It's about the harvest. The number four this is something for you and I to remember. The harvest starts with one. Look at verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. There was a harvest. Many believed. Why? Because of one. It started with one. You know, before you can have ten, you've got to have one. Before you can have a hundred, you've got to have one. Now, I'm really going to blow your mind with this. Before you can have two, you've got to have one. We must be willing to put in the work and the labor to get the one. And we get the one, now we can get to two. And now we can get to three. And it represents one. It starts with one. It might have remind us of this Samaritan woman. One, she was that Samaritan, that half-breed, and they hated the Jews, and the Jews hated them. And there was real prejudice between the two. This woman who was key in a harvest, there was but one who was concerned for her soul. He knew things that only he could know. The Lord Jesus. This woman who was not married, was living with a man and had five husbands before that. Jesus revealed to her of her need of that living water. She accepted. And she went and told everybody she could about the one who knew everything about her. And many in that city believed. See, Pastor, do you really believe that we can double our attendance? Absolutely. How do we do that? We start with one. And quite frankly, we're past one. Well, can there be a, a harvest in my family of souls? Absolutely. Start with one. 
What about my neighborhood? Start with one. What about in our city? We start with one. The harvest starts with one. We overcomplicate what Christ has commanded us to do. We, we fast forward and say, we've got to have this great... You've got to start with one. You know, before you can retire after 30, 40 years at, at, at one job, you've got to start with your first day. If you, if you don't go to work that first day, you don't forget about the retirement party. If we don't reach the one, how are we going to have a harvest? But you know, if you reach one, they have somebody that lives in their house that can be reached. They have somebody they work with that can be reached. The harvest starts with one. Let me end with this. What is the key to everything that I've said? He attacks the mindset. We've got to remove, we've got to change our mindset. It can be done. The power of the gospel is power enough. It's more than just Easter and Christmas. It's, it's every single Sunday. It's every single week. It's, it's reaching people with the gospel. It's, well, it can't be done. I can't have a part. No, 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 no. We have got to stay focused on people, on souls. And, well, I just don't think those kind of people can be reached. Well, well that's the way that the Jew thought of the Samaritan. And, and she certainly was reached, and many of them were reached. We've got to be reminded that God pays a good wage. God takes care of his church, his people who are involved in the harvest. Our labor builds on the labor of another. The harvest starts with one. So, Pastor, that's wonderful. That's great. How do we do that? Let me tell you the whole key to this. Because I think what I've said tonight, everybody will agree with. So, so what do we do? It's found in verse 35. He says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then come with harvest. Behold, I say unto you, watch this, lift up your eyes. And look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. I'll leave you with this tonight. We must lift and we must look. We must lift up our eyes. What we must, what he's saying, saying, hey, guys, you, you, look. We're so busy planning to reach the world, we don't stop and look. Well, we're, we've, we've started this organization, this organization, I'm part of this and this and this. Hey, look, look across the street. That's why I, we're involved in missions and we're going to be doing more in missions, but I refuse to be one of those churches that's got 100 pictures of families on a wall and we don't try and reach the neighborhood that's down the street. We've got to reach the world while we let our neighbors die and go to hell. We've got to reach the world while we, let, we drive past a whole bunch of lost people uh, that we go back and forth through this city, and what the Lord is saying is, look, I rejoice in the great harvest that is taking place in other parts of the world, in, in Asia, in Africa, in different parts of the world. But friend, there's a harvest right here in front of us. The fields are white under harvest. We just got to pay attention. Oh, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life one day. How about let's be involved in the, in the harvest? If I've got to go get a job to pay my bills so I can be involved in the harvest, then I'm going to do that. If the Lord puts me into ministry, I'm going to do that. But I want to be involved in the harvest. We've got to lift. Jesus is saying, look, we're following you. Remember he told them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? And they're following him. When are we going to get to be fishers of men? And he taught them a great lesson. He said, I must needs go to Samaria. 
because there was a Samaritan woman who was going to come to that well, and Jesus was going to save her, and she was going to go tell others, and the multitudes were going to come to him. He could say, men, lift up your eyes. Pay attention. Look on the harvest. The truth of the matter is many churches and many Christians don't want to look at the harvest because then it brings a sense of responsibility. I've often made a joke of this. It's like, if you see something that needs to be done, you don't have to come tell me, hey, pastor, this needs to be done. You can just do it. You know, well, pastor, there's some trash in the parking lot. It took you more effort to walk in here and tell me that than you actually picking it up. That's the whole point. If you see it, let's do it. Let's, let's, it, it but it's the same is true when it comes to the harvest. We see, we see all that, that multimedia presentation when a missionary comes in. And it grabs our heart, doesn't it? You see these neglected people of different races and cultures in different parts of the world. And this is true, but we know that somebody needs to go tell them. Friend, you can drive through Jacksonville, Florida, and you can see different races and different cultures who've never been told that Jesus died on the cross and paid for their sins. But so many times, we as Christians and as God's church, we put our head in the sand. We don't want to look. Because then if I look, it's now my responsibility. And I believe that's what the Lord is saying. Guys, there's, there's, if you want to be involved in, in ministry, you want to be involved in reaching men, Lift up your eyes. Look. And that's why most believe that he was referencing the multitudes of people coming to see him. Here's the harvest. We don't have to go to the next town right now. We don't have to go to the next city right now. Lift up your eyes and look. That's why it's important to understand. Say, well, those of you that feel like the Lord wants you in full-time ministry one day. Well, when I get to ministry, I'm going to be involved in the harvest. You'll never be involved in the harvest if you wait until you get in ministry. Lift up your eyes now. Look now. We all, there's a great harvest. Isn't it a wonderful thing that it's not all up to you and it's not all up to me? That we build on the labor of somebody else, somebody else builds on our labor. Tonight, this is what we need to do. We need to Lift up our eyes and we need to look. I promise you, if you're looking for somebody who needs the gospel this week, you'll see them. If you're looking. If you're looking for someone who needs to be saved, you'll find them. Because the fields are white unto harvest. It's ready to be reaped. We've just got to lift and look, Father, help us as we consider your harvest. May you.